Ferrari. Hello, this is the show. Welcome to a grand party with me, your host, a grand party, not the grand party, but a, a grand party. That's what's going on. What is this show? What is this show about? This show is just a conversation. It's my attempt to maintain some sort of social life in social distancing. Can't really get around the fact that that's the context that this is being created in whenever you happen to be listening to it in the year 2030,000, perhaps, just to uh, say, like, was it real? Did they really have a podcast on the day that the second Trump impeachment vote was ongoing? Yeah. You know, what am I going to do? I, 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 they're not asking for my, you know what I want. Should be out of there, obviously. What am I saying? So we're doing other things. We're chatting with friends and, uh, I happen to just have a call scheduled. Uh, and so I don't know. I don't necessarily have a grand plan in terms of what this podcast is other than to just sort of open the door to my friends who are all fascinating. And I, love talking to everybody. Every person that I have on, I essentially dream that we could have had our own podcast together and maybe we still can. The whole point of moving to Los Angeles is to just sort of work with your friends on creative stuff. So that's kind of theoretically what the goal is here, which is to say I didn't plan a conversation necessarily. I just like talking to friends like Jeffrey Golden, who is with me and I will unmute, but uh, Jeffrey and I met doing advertising work, writing ad copy. He's a comedy writer and he and his wife, Amanda Meadows, uh, ran a small press that published so many really, really funny books, many of which on my bookshelf, um, and introduced me to a ton of great writers and they're so funny. And then Jeffrey's been working in video games. He's, he's sort of found a way to, he's been writing, he's wrote a, a couple different games that I forget. And, uh, he's just a great guy. I mean, you're just cool, man. Like, I like your whole story, your whole arc. You're a happily married man. You're from, we're both from Buffalo, New York. Damn right. And we met doing, you know, I always liked your edit. The first thing I liked about you when we met at the ad agency was the attitude. Jeffrey, I feel like maintains a very good, consistent attitude. Is he human? Yes, which is sometimes people have like such a good attitude that you wonder if they ever feel upset about anything. <laughs> but I've seen that, Jeffrey get the implica- the implication of that that I'm some kind of robot makes me furious, Grant. <laughs> oh God. He's so demonstrative with his emotions. Very clear, very upfront, very keeps everything labeled, which is very good for me. I need labels on things, I think. Can we go back a second here? You you introduced yourself as a Grant Pardee. Are oh, yeah. there are there other Grant Pardees that you're aware of? I have a there is another Jeffrey Golden who I am acutely aware of. Is there another Grant Pardee that you're that you are aware of at this time? There is one other Grant Pardee that I know of. I, although there are none other living. I think I am the only living Grant Pardee. Interesting. I Maybe I met another Grant Party on Facebook at one point, but I think it was like Garrett Party. Mm, or, 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 or it might be Grant. I, I genuinely am sort of thrown because it would have been years since I kind of 
it was more when I was actively on Facebook, which okay. in the last couple of years, I've much less actively on Facebook. And this person, I don't think I saw on other platforms. It was one of those things where, did you ever have, I mean, the thing of like on Facebook, people with your last name start searching you. Um, yeah, I had a guy uh, who uh, friended me. Uh, we're not, we weren't related, but his last name was Golden just because uh, we were both named Golden. That's how uh, it was. Yeah, right. Yeah, but Garrett Party is not Grant Party. That's different. There's a, a there is a gospel singer on BET named Jeffrey Golden who spells it the same way I do: G E O F F R E Y. And uh, he's a famous gospel singer. And I, our email addresses are similar enough that I sometimes get his email. And mm -hmm. so I'll get things that I'll get like invites to perform at like a church event in Nashville. And, mm -hmm. and sometimes I have been, I've been tempted just like, what if I showed up? Like, what if I responded <laughs> to the email and I showed up and I was like, you didn't, you like, listen, listen, I may not be the Jeffrey Golden you were thinking of, but I am a Jeffrey Golden and I'm happy to sing at this event. <laughs> I am good at karaoke. I could do Big Shot by Billy Joel. I could do, uh, I could do Sledgehammer by Peter Gabriel. I'll impress. I come and I'm ready to impress. I, He's I, not the, you may not be the Jeffrey Golden that we deserve. <laughs> we are the Jeffrey Golden that we need right That's, now. Oh, That's thank right. you. Yes. I, I hope they would say that. I hope Wilford Brimley at the church picnic uh, would, would say that. that would I was going great. for Michael Caine, but it's not a good Michael Caine. My wife always reminds me it's not a very good Michael Caine. But it's like it just feels so addicting sometimes. On the And it's really more the trip version of Michael <laughs> Caine, which I was just recognizing yesterday. Right. So oh, there yeah. was one other Grant Pardee that I never met. And in fact, the existence of him, who is my grandfather, was sort of a mystery throughout my life that actually became something known to me around the time that we met. Oddly enough, uh, my, I did not know that my dad's dad's life ended in suicide but found out around the same time as Robin Williams' suicide, which was when we were working together at that agency. And as with sort of like any celebrity death or uh, any kind of, uh, you know, bad news or, or everybody's sad online, it's not the time for brand Twitter to come in and be like, so usually it was just like, let's maybe let's just not do that today. Um but uh, that was like a weird uh, uh, double whammy of like, oh, my God, that sort of started a bit of the like uh, the depression or the or I don't know. It put suicide in the mind, certainly. And then having the name connection and being like sort of this sort of unspoken about things became it just immediately became this thing that was a lot more of a. A present thing uh I but uh, i didn't know you were going through that i'm sorry to hear that yeah the, i was uh, i was gonna i should have asked first if i was like i wonder if your first memory of me is as slightly erratic but that would apply for any time <laughs> well you always you do uh you have a you have a sort of dynamism uh about you which is uh you you uh launch into things you're very you you get very excited about projects and 
you know, you, I, I think that's uh, very helpful, um, especially there's you, tension. There's definitely a tension in me that is that is notable. <laughs> I, sure, I, sure. I, I, but I think it cuts both. I think it can cut both ways. These things, right? I mean, you know, uh, sometimes, a, sometimes a bit of tension is just what a project or you know, even a friendship needs to to uh, to stay in touch. To have, I mean, I have a lot of people who I am you know good friends with, uh, but who I rarely talk to because. There isn't enough. There isn't enough of a uh, that thing, that fire, that spark uh, mm-hmm. to get one of us to call the other. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's it sucks. Um, you know, but but you go you you go for it, which is something I I like about you, Grant. I always have admired uh, that. I appreciate it. Going going for it is the one thing going for me. I think you've got uh, many things going for you. <laughs> no, it's uh, I. Uh, yeah, it's good. Um, but yeah, I was like, I, you know, if I'm going to answer the question, honestly, it's like sort of like a, but that's like, that was in the process. It's been it sort of like this uh, uh, weird thing of trying to also reconnect with other aspects because I never knew any of my dad's side of the family, you know, after, after original grant, uh, you know, he, he had three kids by then. So I had an aunt that I'd never met that I uh, visited and met for the first time, her and, and cousins of mine in, that live in Ireland. But she moved, I think, uh, in like the 70s as sort of like uh, uh, an uncle in Vietnam. I don't know. I think there I think there was like a very dramatic made for TV movie sort of like dramatic breakup that happened. So it was also kind of this. I can only consume th- I everything is like viewed through media. I'm like I kind of am like Abed on community in the sense of like then the uncovering of the mystery was more of like a YA feel rather than like a made for TV weeper, which is what I think the breakup sort of story is. So then me generation later being like all right, but who were these people? And I'd never really known anything about like the name party either, so looked into that and the aunt was helpful in sort of finding this like genealogy thing of long line of preachers in the party family. If you go back enough, um, a lot of preachers. So I think, uh, chatty, chatty, no, nothing's (laughs) (laughs) running in the family, maybe. Um, but otherwise I think it's a pretty unique name. Um, and grants my middle name. So it's a grant party. So mystery. and people sometimes feel betrayed by that too, of like, why are you hiding? You've got glasses on, and you've got a beard. When I sometimes it's I see you in a LA. hat, what are you hiding here? It's L.A. It's your stage name. That's uh, right. Are you ever going to reveal what the A stands for? Is that a big mystery that will be revealed at the end of the podcast? So far, I've left it as a mystery. A lot of people know it, um, but I feel like it's f- more fun as a mystery for now. Uh, All right, fair enough. This is the this is the thing. This yeah. is the tension yeah. that keeps the podcast going. We all are coming <laughs> back. To Do figure out the mystery, to unlock the mystery of the first name. I feel like each guest will get one guess, one guess per guest. All right. And you've got all episode to think about it and you can submit your guess at any time. And if you're right, you can have my identity. I will just give you complete wow. ownership of the, uh, the grant party IP, uh, <laughs> the a grant party IP 
That's um, a big. That's a big get. Do I get the stationery and everything? You get the stationery. Monogrammed, get, uh, monogrammed robe. Yeah, you know, A-G-P. I don't know. I'm, I might need to rethink this. I just now I'm feeling like it's Bart selling his soul to the devil because this feels like <laughs> I want to get it. Someone's going to get it if you go long enough. This is where I should probably edit the podcast, but I will just have to addendum that. Fuck no, no, no. Wait a minute. Hold on. We're holding on to it. I just had my ID stolen, or not my ID stolen, but uh, credit card fraud to deal oh, with. Oh God! On top of everything else. Oh, that's everything sucks. else. Putting me further in debt. It's fine. They wipe it out faster and faster. Seems. Can like. they do? Do what do they do when you you tell them? Uh, you just you call, call them and they knock it up. Yeah, you're like they're like yeah this this these hundred dollars on Amazon and Walmart and plane tickets this is not me. I don't know who this is. I don't know how they got it. And right. it's, you know. They, they it's read like a gas station or it's a website or it's something or other. Who knows how they get it? I don't know. I keep changing the passwords. Oh, man. Guessing my password. I, how open am I going to go? We'll see. Um, have you had to deal with any of uh, any of this kind of shit? Identity fraud. <laughs> any Anything you relate to in there? Any, uh, any name mysteries? Any uh, name-related... Uh, are you the only Jeffrey Golden? Well, uh, oh, as, well, no. As I, in my family, uh, I'm named after my. I'm so I'm named after my grandfather Gerald. In uh, some Jewish, in the Jewish tradition, we don't name people uh, after somebody who is living. Um, so that that would be considered like bad luck. So you you won't find a lot of like you know. Um, Aaron Moishevich Jr. the third, you know, for, mm. in a in a Jewish family, it's just, it's considered gauche, uh, mm. so we don't do it. So so I'm named after my Hebrew name is the same though as my uh, grandfather's Hebrew name Gershon. Um, so uh, family, uh, well, uh, name mysteries. No, I, I I not really name mysteries. There is a there there is a family mystery I'd love to solve though. Um, it's a bit different. So, uh, let's see my, this would be, Oh, I always want, Oh, so that, this is my, this is one of my, uh, things in life that it's, that I have a very hard time remembering how distant relatives are related, are related to me. For sure. For sure. For sure. Um, also I was, I was was thinking too, just to maybe buy you some time or to offer this thought, which is, uh, I didn't know that about uh, the naming or the Jewish tradition, as you mentioned. Uh, and oddly, it makes me feel like all uh, like, well, there wasn't much overlap here. Uh, I was born right before I think that happened. So I never met the original, but I don't think there was much overlap. I don't right. think I, was, I don't think my arrival was the cause directly, but I don't know. Maybe there's a maybe there's a there's a name transfer and like a you know like the spirit orbs in Zelda, right? Yeah, I think. Well, I think that's because kind of the idea of trying to, of naming somebody after somebody else is sort of this idea that like yeah, this person will will live forever in a sense. Do you look um, like your um? Do you uh, do you look like uh, the the grandfather Gerald? Is there like a resemblance? I don't, I, I don't really look like him. I, I look like uh, 
I do look like I do look like I am in my family, though, on my mom's side of the family. There are a number of, of relatives who look like me, um, but uh, not I don't look like him specifically. Uh, he was very ha- he was he was a very handsome man. Um, and he was. a uh, So. Oh, well, thank right. you. Uh, I appreciate that. Handsome, uh, maybe more in the. In a con- in a conventional sense, um, he right. he. There are like beach photos of him where he's like, oh, he's got like a good looking beach body. All right. Um, you know, he was he fought in the war, like you know that that kind of guy. Yeah. Um, but- we gotta get a grandpa's uh, uh, a grandpa's um, swimwear calendar. <laughs> I think you can like- sell. Those big think- photos of like because uh, the original Grant, I get got some younger photos. I'm like, yeah. This dude, we would have been friends. Like, I, I feel like I get this guy. I understand. It's interesting <laughs> to like see young versions of somebody that you're related to that you didn't actually know. Yeah, so everything about them is like a projection. It's true. Yeah, you, 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 you just know this person from stories and from pictures and stuff. You're just sort of putting it all together in your head, like a like a jigsaw puzzle that's missing a couple pieces. I feel like uh, it's like a writer sort of thing to, I don't know, or a kind of that sort of habit too. Um, we were, I, I don't know if I, how much, but let's talk about games. That's what we were on the calendar talking about. Cause right. we started to, we, you've been working in games. And then also I was just kind of like before starting this podcast as a way to, to more actively do it. I was just kind of like saying to friends of like, let's just, do something and <laughs> let's start up any new thing that we can complete because uh, it seems like it feels like everything that I've been working on recently is just, it's, it's so it's just in development. So it's still always kind of shifting or moving forward or whatever, but it's not uh, immediate and it's not, and also it's not personal, right? Like I, I'm doing things for companies rather than it's fun to do, you know, it's fun to just make some stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's. Uh, and I'm excited. I, I, you, you then, you were like, you know, I think I could code. I was like, have you coded before? No, but like, I'm pretty sure I could do it. And then you've got like this, like we have this like working demo, and it's like, oh my god, it, this could actually. I'm like learning to follow through, making sure to like intentionally follow through on things rather than just, as you say, kind of you know, that's that the tension. It's that dynamism right. uh, that's sometimes not so good for following through, but. Uh, Seeing for that the, prototype was dope. And for uh, those, thank you for those who are interested. Um, the I'm using uh, a development software called Unity, um, which is a, a major a game development platform. And you know, these days it's it's crazy what you can do. Um, so I'm I'm using within Unity. There's a sort of a plugin template called Fungus, and it basically uh, breaks things down to a point where I can do them. Uh, you, I, I really need like trading reels when it comes to coding, and even with those trading reels, I'm a very, uh, I'm a very wobbly rider. Um, you, you know, I, I took coding. you just jumped into it, like you, you, you literally just jumped into it, not having had your. It's and it seems like teaching yourself is. I wonder if, uh, yeah, I mean, that's I just, just that's I do good. love I love exploring mediums i i love figuring out like how to write and how to tell stories in uh in weird new ways you do, you're, you're across all sorts of media right that's that is that's that's kind of the jeffrey golden brand even um because adventure snack you're uh also is 
game like? I mean, you've been creating games for a long time. You did the Wet Hot American Summer game. I remember a year or so ago that was a Kickstarter maybe, and then also got the official license and was really funny. And <laughs> yeah, man, just yeah, that's it's it's really cool to see. It's really uh, and you know, it's not it's not common. I don't know how many people are doing what you're doing in terms of doing, I mean, name a medium. <laughs> it's you true. Did a, you did a tape for like a, like a Teddy Ruxpin. Yeah, I did. So, well, the, uh, the, the, the tiger two XL, uh, okay. although I am working, I'm working on Teddy Ruxpin. I have done some, some tests with it and figured out, uh, how to get the eyes and the mouth to move along with, uh, voice. Uh, it's just very difficult. Um, but I did a whole tape for uh, the first new game for the Tiger 2XL in 25 years oh my uh, called Facts About the Robot Uprising. And uh, it demoed at we, we played it at uh, IndieCade, which is the uh, like an international indie game festival. I was asking yeah, hell yeah. Uh, it was it was really fun. Um, doing it it's it's just it's this crazy little toy that was the 2xl was it started in i think it came out in late 70s the original version which was an eight track and basically the way it works is you have buttons on a console for a robot and the tape every tape has a certain number of tracks right so for example standard audio cassette tape has four tracks uh, two tracks left and right on side A and two tracks left and right on side B. So uh, basically what the 2XL is, it's a four-track tape player that plays one track at a time. So if you record all four tracks going in the same direction, you can kind of fake interactivity by having it be, okay, you have on on... All four tracks, you have a recording of the robot saying, uh, you know, press one to tell me to fuck off, press two to tell me to eat shit, press three to tell me to go die, and press four to say you love me. And then, you know, you press one of those buttons. If I press four, you love me, then it's just going to play track four on the cassette tape. And it will just say, oh, thank you. I gave you a lot of options to cuss me out, but instead you, you chose the nice one. I appreciate that. Um, and so, it, so, so in, it was called the first smart toy when it came out because it was at the time computers were not in every house. They were very expensive, but it could kind of give you the feeling of a computer, of that kind of interactivity with electronic device of being able to play games and being able to create stories or uh, all that stuff. So, so uh, yeah, it's, it, it was, it was really fun working on that, uh, on that project and uh, yeah. And, and playing it at Indicate this year, it was really cool. That's so awesome. That's uh, it's so, uh, do you remember any of the, uh, yeah, I mean, Also, how much are you hearing this dog barking? Am I, am I the only one hearing this dog barking? No. Let me, let me quiet. Hold on. No, no. It's it's on my it's on my side. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I hear it, but you know, listen. A little, <laughs> okay, all right. A fine. little bit of dog barking adds character to a podcast. Yeah. They little, say. All right. It wasn't it wasn't barking over you. I don't. I I mean, if it listen, 
if it was and it was on your side, what you could do is you could just edit out the audio coming from your side and you shouldn't be able to hear it at all. Brilliant. We'll oh, I did hear it. I did hear it just now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was trying yeah. to see. I, uh, I was. Oh, my goodness. Um, we could add some sirens. We could yeah. add some sirens and try to make it kind of like a give it like a post-apocalyptic vibe. But it's like, yeah, oh, it's just going to have to. It's going to just sort of always have that vibe. I'm realizing and <laughs> sort of shrug it off. But this is unfortunately also each episode is just going to contain like a like awkward pause where I'm like, oh, my goodness, this neighborhood is now exploding with extraneous noise. Uh, man, I re- we we had that uh, the robot the XL two uh, we loved it my brother and I um, oh, amazing yeah uh, so fun and because we didn't have like a Rob we didn't have a Game and Watch I was really into the Game Gear just thinking back and had a number of Tiger Electronics uh, and I definitely remember did you have a what was your do you remember like did you have like a first computer was there yeah you, or, I, we're, we're we're around the same age right where like you remember going from phone books to computer but like as a kid like i remember being on the phone all the time and then being on aim all the time and still after we've gone so text heavy just in terms of conversation, that's why just getting on the phone is also nice even if it's just even if there are sometimes awkward things of like you know what oh man my mom's listening in uh, <laughs> but this time it's the dog of like i don't know who's do- i mean there's dogs dogs sometimes they gotta bark i understand yeah. we're barking we're both barking we're, we're barking over here. We're barking to each other. My my first uh, my first computer was uh, our family computer was an Apple II GS. Uh, I remember it very well. Um, I would get these magazines like I think it was three two on contact, and they would have on the back they'd have uh, you can make a a thing, you can make a game, you can make a thing, and, and here's the code to put in to the computer and it would be this like three it, you know it'd be like a tiny type like a single page tiny type but like four columns of like basic code and you could just like you would just try to type it in line by line but i was you know a kid i was very young I, you know six seven years old something like that so uh so i would always screw it up so the, the code the programs never worked the way uh, they were supposed to, because I would inevitably get some kind of thing, some kind of typo or something, and I just couldn't figure out what I was doing wrong. Uh, so, uh, but I, I did love that computer. I, I had, I remember playing a lot of text adventure games, graphic text adventures. Like there was one called Transylvania, uh, where you were like hunting Dracula, I think, and sure. it's it's sort of like imagine uh, Castlevania. But uh, with none of the action and adventure, none of the thrills. Uh, <laughs> right, very yeah. Just slowly, very slowly paced, uh, puzzle based. Uh, Castlevania uh, is what it was like. Um, but yeah, you, I, you were saying mentioning around, uh, mentioning messing around with a little bit. Were you uh, you you were you were trying even then, like to to sort of. Uh, were you a kid that like took things apart? I'm curious of like when when did your like creativity start in this way? Because it seems like being very, uh, you know, very curious in how things work. Uh, yes, is that I I am, and I still am curious about how things work. But it's 
it's different from like I wasn't the kid that like wanted to like take apart his Game Boy or whatever just to like right. you know like, mess with it. Right. Uh, no, I I definitely was more software than hardware for sure. I I I was intu- I, I I was pretty intuitive with computers. I understood computers like. Yeah. Oh, I'll hold, I'll hold for that. Okay. That, that uh, was the uh, motorcycle also on my end. Uh, <laughs> listen, you got a lot of actions, a lot of action. Yeah, that's why I, I'm trying to not get distracted, but I'm trying to hover over this uh, mute, button, mute, mute, mute button on myself. Right. Uh, just so that I can, yeah. You can, um, always edit, you can always edit it out, too. That's kind of the beauty of Zencast. No, no, no. I can never edit this podcast. Oh, okay. Uh, I well, see. You can't, you can't edit it in Zencaster, which is the real reason. I could open it up in another program and yeah, just Audacity or something. Editing, like that. Audacity. But I don't know. How bad are these pauses? If oh, it, I, listen. Fine. I'm fine with it. It's your podcast. I'm, yeah, no. I'm just hanging out, enjoying myself. I think I think it's all sort of fine. You know, we're pulling, we're doing it raw, baby. We're pulling back the curtain. We're showing how dumb, because, you know, whatever. Uh, but absolutely, I'm probably should make sure that I'm only doing night recordings. I feel like there's less dog barking and so on then. But you know, here's my this is my thought I, of the podcast. And, well, and, I was just gonna let me let me just put a button on what we were talking about before, um, w- which was just to say that uh, as a kid, there were the two things I would say I was most interested in were uh, were writing. From a young age, I wanted to be a writer and uh and computers uh learning about like just like learning software but specifically learning how to make creative things with technology that that was always my that was uh an interest going that was going back years and years and years i but but even just like understanding like how comedy work or how things work like i i remember uh reading mad magazine at an early age and then like wanting to make a mad magazine and so it was like okay how do you make a mad magazine and it's like okay well i got a notebook and it's like all right i'm gonna write okay he, this is there's got to be a co- comic here and like a feet you know and like a uh, a list here and just like figuring just like breaking things down of just like okay how how do you how do you make one of these things like that that you know, how do you make a comic strip? How do you, how do you make, you know, a website, you know, a funny website and just like, yeah, just like wanting those challenge, those, those challenges. And I, I am still driven by those same challenges today. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Great answer. Oh, good. Do I get points? I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a straight 10. I'm going to give you a straight 10. I'm going to give you a straight 10. Great answer. Bam. Uh, I remember, you know, I it's it's something I'm trying to tap back into as well is that sort of childish kind of just like almost, yeah, again, like raw appreciation for things and just curiosity about it. For me, I remember it was with, uh, yeah, I mean, those early, I don't know, preschool, kindergarten, like enjoyed trying to make uh, toys out of laminating artwork. Did you ever do that? Got really into writing stories early for sure. Uh, always, that was always like the, the most fun and then i think probably especially in like fourth grade started really getting into that sort of side of things but there was always just like a desire to play you know yeah. uh, so acting in the plays or just like they're fu- not never it would host things i was a horrible cornball on the uh morning announcements i was definitely oh yeah i did character in, uh, 
Wet Hot American Summer. Not so much the smelly kid. I think maybe a year of smelly. <laughs> I, think, I think I was always pretty clean in terms of, you know. Yeah, we all have our smelly year. Yeah. I feel like as boys, I feel like you need at least, well, you're going to have at least one year where yeah, you smell right. bad. Yeah, I think that's accurate because <laughs> for a while you just smell great. And then all of a sudden you don't, you smell real bad. And what do you do about it? I mean, hopefully you figure it out. You do figure it out, but, uh, you know, maybe you go a little heavy on the uh, old spice or you, who knows, a lot of I, ways to smell like a foot. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Let's, well, now the, you could smell like a, you, you use axe, I guess, if you're a kid. So you use like, you know, tiger growl or, you know, right, right, right. Uh, the the I definitely did morning announcements uh, growing up, and I th- I would always get in trouble for making them too elaborate. I'd like write like comedy sketches and things, and like try to do the like insert them almost like cold opens basically for the morning announcements. Yep. Uh, and uh, yeah, that was a that was a struggle. They, uh, they my vision was not shared mostly. They, <laughs> Mostly they wanted me to just read the morning <laughs> announcements as written with no jokes. And I was like, what about a lot of jokes and barely any morning announcements? And they were like, we'll get a girl to do this. <laughs> she will. <laughs> any girl will do this better. And uh, yeah, that's. Uh, and they were right. I mean, they I'm were sure right. they, <laughs> they were right. They morning announcements are a utility. They're not a show. I understand that now at this late hour. Yeah, no, that same. I'd like to offer my apologies for uh, my morning announcements. It was uh, it was not. I, I think I had less jokes in there, but I definitely had a lot of sass. There was definitely just a oh. lot of extra commentary on what's going on, or maybe just some voices. Oh, I did voices also. Loved Great. voices. Um, but yeah, it's. I mean. You're right. Like they're supposed to, obviously they're supposed to just be, it's like, well, what are we having for lunch today? I don't know. I think it was between the uh, Alf bit and the Garfield bit. <laughs> oh yeah. I forget. Oh yeah. I think it's nuggets. I think, uh, I think it's nuggets today. Uh, mine. I remember I, uh, I remember specifically one comment to feedback from another kid in my grade who I didn't know so well, but which, you know, we had a couple classes together kind of thing one of your acquaintances, let's say. Right. Um, it's like, uh, yeah, you know, I don't care what other people say. I think it's all right. I think it's pretty good. Oh, man. <laughs> I don't one, care. Actually, uh, I th- one of those great compliments that you always girl, love to get. Sarah wrote in my yearbook going, some of your bits are funny. Sometimes they're really bad. Have a great <laughs> summer. <laughs> <laughs> she uh, said jokes, not bits, but uh, yeah. Some of your jokes are funny. Some of them are bad. Have a great summer. So I think that, uh, you know, with the podcast too, there's going to be sirens and then there's going to be 10 out of 10 answers, but it's going to be buried. You got like, I mean, what valuable information, um, and inspiring thoughts. I don't know. Talking to you, it makes, I, because you're so, I think maybe, uh, it just feels inspiring. I love talking to friends and you just are like, dude, it's possible. Do it. You can do it, dude. Yeah. I, I, listen, I I think that that things are possible if you do them slowly. <laughs> that, that's my that's kind of kind of my motto. It's like if you break it up a little bit at a time, uh, you can do a lot of things. But you have to be willing to just like 
pull back to be willing to pull back because you know it's a it's the a lot of the big things that you want to do there it's it's a marathon it's not a sprint and so if you're too if you put too much into that initial you know it's like yeah yeah that that period of like oh yeah we're excited if you could somehow channel that and just dole it out over you know a couple months as opposed to uh you know three weeks it's a totally uh, different fight it's a totally different battle the initial battle is just like getting active in the pursuit of things becoming more active rather than passive and there's so many things that encourage us to be as passive as possible just passively consuming social media, the news, just anything where it's like your responsibility is to just wait for the next thing, wait here and do right. Else. Whereas what's going to actually make you is just do is the trusting the process, the bills, Buffalo bills, trusting the process hey. uh, of, you know, no, I, I, I like also one of the reasons that it's so fun to like follow mostly just football and basketball and hockey for me but just team sports in general and athletes in general is just like that mindset is so also inspiring and encouraging of just like you just, it's just, you just work every day. You just do the thing every day, clock in and, uh, and do it. But yeah. the second battle is that then maintaining it because it's one thing to sort of start the thing of like, all right, we're going to do this podcast or whatever. Cause starting these other things, our game, you've been really good with stressing patience in this game that we, we've kind of been working on this, like, silly idea that i'm excited about uh, yeah yeah well just because like i mean listen I've, I've never like really like produced a game like this before so i you know i i'm just taking it slow and uh you know just just trying to understand everything and learn from it um it's also good for me as a as a narrative designer um you know sometimes uh, i'll be called on to you know, not necessarily pro. That's certainly not program. It's a whole other job. But uh, to kind of understand the constraints of what is and isn't possible in a game, you know, in a game, and learning a little bit of programming and learning about how uh, computer games are are made just through uh, just by doing, it gives you a better sense of it. I think it it helps me with my job in, in terms of like, Oh, you know, am I asking too much of a art designer? You know, Oh, this would take too many assets. Like, is there a way I can write it to support them to still have it serve the story, but also be, uh, you know, something that's more, uh, more doable. So, that makes sense. Uh, yeah, you, you alluded to it a bit there. Uh, and I'm curious to just learn more about, uh, you had, you had a you had a game you had a, some of the games that you've been writing on recently at least one recently just came out that I forget but you I this, I think uh, how many narrative games have you written now that are out on just Nintendo Switch you've got at least two Switch games out there no the there's one, one there's going to be a Switch game next month um it'll actually be the first game I ever uh was the narrative director on as opposed to narrative designer so I actually was in charge of the uh of the story um from a top down perspective and that game is called Fallen Legion Revenants and uh it's an action RPG uh it's sort of a a political action thriller set in a steampunk world uh it's Extremely about up my alley Oh great yeah it is a challenge is what I understand. I've never actually played it. Um, I, I 
I've played a bit of the first, it's a sequel to a game, but you don't need to know anything about that. It takes place in an entirely different world with an entirely different story. It just uses similar mechanics. But um, the first one was, uh, was very, was a difficult game and people liked it for the challenge. Um, So I imagine uh, this one will be similar. Um, But that game is coming uh, next month, uh, middle of February uh, to Nintendo switch and PlayStation and uh, I have two games currently on iOS. Uh, one is called Sandship, which is a sci-fi uh, strategy game where you sort of you build a roving factory that uh, traverses a hostile uh, planet of, with mysterious with a mysterious past. Things have happened in the past that we don't quite know. Um, and uh, the other game is called Murder in the Alps. And it's a, a found object mystery game set in the 1930s. Uh, so it's sort of a uh, it's it's a detective it's a detective whodunit uh, was starring where you you play as Anna Myers who is a uh, a detect who is a journalist who is trying to uncover a uh, murder investigation. And I mean, all of these sound good. Wait, say the say the titles of them again. Just yeah. Time. So uh, on Switch and PlayStation, Fallen Legion Revenant, Revenants, mm-hmm. uh, and on iOS, uh, Sandship, and Murder in the Alps. Murder in the Alps, Sandship. Yeah. Now with Sandship, I wrote the I I wrote all of the game's narrative. Uh, in Murder in the Alps. Uh, I wrote the newest chapters of the game. So uh, I think it's chapter three or something like that. It's, it's of sect of book one. You know how these things are. It's a long running game. So I'm coming in and I'm writing new stories and new levels and such for, for that game. Uh, and then, uh, and then yeah, Fallen Legion Revenants, which is, uh, yeah, which I, I was the narrative director on, uh, which is, uh, an incredible experience. Yeah, yeah. That's very exciting. I mean, and certainly that, and that, you know, plays into what you're saying of being able to kind of see it from the inside in that perspective and then working on things on your own, you know, and working on it from the narrative designer perspective, you have kind of a, but so you mentioned it's pretty hard. I know, I think if you're like me, I think you are like, I'm like, oh, I'm really interested in this for the story, but ooh, hard hard games are sometimes just too hard. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Hope an, I hope there's an easy mode because sometimes you just want the story. And, yeah, and I, to me, it almost seems like an accessibility issue similar to subtitles where get, like, it's very fun when a game uh, is challenging, but you don't necessarily always have the time to dedicate or the, you know, you're not looking to get frustrated this evening. Yeah, I hear you. Um, that's why I, I pivoted away from a lot of platformers. Um, I, I was, I'm a big Mega Man fan and, uh, I, I love the story and the world of Mega Man. Um, but I played the latest game, uh, in the series. I played it. I enjoyed it, but I played it on like super duper easy mode. Like when I go back and try to play, Mega Man games from the NES era or even the Mega Man X games from the Super Nintendo. I just can't do it. I just give up. It's, it's, and for that matter, like a lot of platforms, like I tried to play the Ori games and I was just like, uh, I can't do this. But I'll tell you what I, I really enjoy are puzzle games. Boy, have I gotten into puzzle games um, because of that exact issue of like, 
I, it doesn't require quick thinking. It doesn't require like fast reflexes. Mm-hmm. It's just, just like I can plan things. I can plan it out what I'm going to do ahead of time. Um, boy, those are much easier for me now. So, so the game I've been uh, really enjoying is called Grindstone, and it's uh, it's a match based puzzler uh, set in sort of like sort of like an adult swim Viking world uh, where you it's so the animation reminds me a lot of super jail. If you remember that mm, show, I loved super jail. Yeah. Yeah. I love that it, style. It's and yeah, totally I, a lot like that, but like imagine like super jail meets Conan the barbarian, but right. you're like slaughtering m- monsters of different colors in like chains to try to keep your chain going. So it's all about like looking at the board and like assessing like how can I get from point A to point B to point C. Um, it's fun, it's funny, and I I just find it just delight just delightful. It's like I can just sit with this. Yeah, I've seen can, it uh, on the on the shop and kind of been eyeing it. So maybe I'll give it a shot. You I know, like I, those types of games. Right, you know, so. a game I've got a game recommendation for you that I that you have, but I wonder if you've beaten it, which is Super Mario Odyssey. I have beaten Super Mario Odyssey. With I, the full b- amount of moons or the, just the oh, story? No, mode? story mode. Story okay, mode. Well, so then let me, if I may, this is Please. my recommendation because Super Mario okay. Odyssey, the post game, yes, which is getting 100% completion, right. is the proper sequel and right. is worth playing. It, it, can, it ended up taking, it ended up becoming my 2020 game of the year, partly because it was like, man, I just want to run around and you can't travel right now. So just seeing different locations, there's like an appeal of like world hopping very quickly and the controls are so great. And it was actually the Mario, they re-released Mario 64 sunshine and galaxy on the switch. The, the, I know they did. Yes. The 3d all-stars. And I went back and played a little bit of each of those and completed the story mode of galaxy because it had been 10 or plus years. However, and I remember loving that game yeah. when I was in college and hundred percenting it. Didn't hundred percent at this time, but just beat the story mode. Um, but I was like, man, you know, I you know what I want is the game that just puts this all together, which is Odyssey. Right. Odyssey is strangely underrated, as much as everybody loves it. I find that it it was such a pleasurable experience to very casually and very slowly, because it wasn't like, oh, I'm definitely going to hundred percent this. It was like I just want to run around in the uh, Sand Kingdom. Yeah, and then you find five moons, and you're like, oh, well then. And it becomes puzzle solving in such a, and you think you, because they seem relatively small, each world's kingdom, you kind of like, I think people wanted it to be the massive open world, you know, breath of the wild Mario, which maybe they'll do at some point, but this is really like those hub worlds. And each is, each is so densely packed with just all the Mario stuff, which is just secrets, right. Which is just like a, you know, just a thing. And it's very fair and very, open and vary your own pace. It's a game that I, what, as I got into replaying it and going all the way up to it, as, as that's, it's like, I was like, oh, this is the, this is the perfect thing of, of an escalating difficulty. Um, yeah. Some of the Mar- things later. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, they're, they're just perfect. I mean, it's odd. Oh, that, I agree. I mean, Mario is like, it's obviously the standard video game, but it's now become uh, it's almost underrated to me. I feel like Mario Odyssey, particularly going for 100%, uh, is a much more rewarding. Uh, Hades was great too, and I'm I'm excited to try all the other things. But it's like we all just played the story mode and then said, "Nah, I'm not going to keep." But it's like that's it's like the training wheels come off, and then you are really playing the game and doing puzzle solving and 
you know, um, getting those jumps tighter and uh, it's just great. <laughs> well, absolutely. Re- listen, recommendation uh, received. I, I agree with you that uh, I, I feel like if you go to, if you're like a kid and you go to like Disneyland, you only go to Disneyland, you know, you don't really understand like how good of a theme, how good their theme parks are until you go to like Kenny World or whatever. Like, you know, it's with with Mario games. It's like they're so you know beautifully constructed and and the balance. It just in ter- just the fact that like a you know a child like a like a seven eight year old child and like a 40 something adult could both play and enjoy that game those games is truly like a remarkable feat um of game design um uh, because a lot of times when you're designing a game you are designing with a very specific user in mind mm-hmm. uh very few games are designed like mario games where they're going to be for it's, it's going to be for everybody um basically and uh yeah i agree with you I, i'll listen i'll go back to odyssey i I enjoyed it very much. Galaxy is my favorite, uh, probably my favorite Mario game. Um, I loved Galaxy. I, I loved that it was the first, it was the first Mario game that I thought, besides Mario RPG, which is different. It's, uh, you know, it's like an offshoot mm-hmm. of the Mario series, of the platforming series. Um, it's the first Mario platformer that I thought was really taking story seriously. Um, mm-hmm. yep. which is ironic because, uh, she, you know, Shigeru Miyamoto sort of basically invented game stories with Donkey Kong. Right. Uh, they didn't have, they didn't have stories really until and then immediately Kong. after, despite Donkey Kong being the thing and Super Mario Brothers also being an example of one, like a very, arguably like, I mean, being that the Super Mario Brothers comes out in 80, five it's got kind of almost a 90s sense of humor about it in the way that it's sort of like each time it's like the princess is in another castle it's like it's a ironic bad sort of 90s ish joke of just like you know it's all it's all a grind my friend it's you just got to keep going and like yeah not this one but you know maybe the next time better luck next time thanks for playing uh there is there is like a, a narrative there but it's yeah it's interesting how much miyamoto is specifically you know, but you know, a lot. It's also underrated that his degree is in industrial design, so he's always had that sort of aspect to his personality. But yeah, it was a, a um, shoot, not not Azuka, but uh, uh, without looking it up, I'm blanking on it. But there's a, a younger uh, who, and he directed Odyssey as well as uh, um, maybe he's just been kind of the guy on the Mario games since maybe. Right. I mean, here's to replay 3D World. My ranking of it now, and I suspect yours, because I felt, felt the same, is like a Galaxy and Galaxy 2. Those are the, the tip-top Mario's. Mario Odyssey on the first play, I was like, oh, it almost feels rushed. It almost feels like they just sort of threw a bunch of stuff in. They made some worlds, and like it's not as tightly, the courses aren't quite as, as you know tight and precise as the uh, Galaxy or Galaxy 2 worlds. Um, but... In fact, it's just that, but truly 360. Like every possible degree of movement in the game is essentially like its own Mario course. It's very, it's just the attention to the amount of care that goes into it. 
I was oh, I, no, I was saying beautiful. to Ashlyn that it's it is beautiful. I was saying to Ashlyn that it's like the game as she was saying you're, you're playing it again. I'm like, yeah, I think maybe I'm going for. We'll just see if I get 600 moves. We'll just see if I get 700. Right, we'll see how it goes. It's just fun. It's just fun. But also in the trying ah, I remember the maybe the most important part is how it treats the death and replayability of it. Mario's life is only worth 10 coins as a fact, but it makes it so that replaying some of the more challenging things is not such a burden because there's no game over. There's no worrying about one up mushrooms. Right. It's, it's Mario teaches patience with some of the precise jumping ones of like, okay, it's, I know it's playing fair. The physics aren't changing. It's just, uh, it is what it is. Well, they're definitely uh, following a trend with, with that. Um, with that, I think, because, a lot of uh, platformers and, and games like it when, you know, when they, when um, sort of like in the way that early television shows were like adapted from radio shows. And so there's sort of some, uh, some roughness there about like, how do we visualize these, these shows? Um, you know, a lot of the early uh, home console games were adaptations of arcade games um, with mixed results. But one of the things that that gives us is this life system, mm-hmm. um, this idea basically that like you only get a certain number of tries before you go back to the beginning. And there's a practical reason for that. If your business is you're running an arcade, you don't want people to just play there on one quarter forever, you know, so so. Uh, so you want them to keep pumping quarters in and therefore uh, you need them to die or you need them to lose uh, enough time. So either they'll get off and put someone else can come in or that they'll just keep pumping in quarters to try to, to feed the feed the beast, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like games like sort of inherited that idea. Um, yeah. Also, uh, the other thing is that, you know, games being expensive, you know, they want I think developers also wanted people to feel like they were a challenge so that they felt like they got their $60 worth or whatever. If it's, if even back then games were expensive. So, you know, if you, if you got a game and you beat it in an hour or whatever, uh, you know, that, that, that would be like, a, you'd think, Oh, I got ripped off. I better go to Toys R Us, bring this, right. see if I can get a refund. And that's um, one of the things that really made the original super Mario brothers stand out is because, what made that game so shareable at the time was the were the secrets of it. Less right. so did you beat it, more so did you know that you could beat it this way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Those those playthrough, you know, go playing through it and finding those things. Recently, um, even they're still like setting the guys our age around this point in their thirties or forties or whatever it is. Uh, just uh, uh, maybe younger, but like now there's like a fifteen second playthrough or something. And there's I don't know. There's 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 like new glitches, you know, being found. But in the sense of um, finding that replayability, not through punishment, but more so like, oh, and actually, there's a little more over here. And actually, if you check over here, there's more here. And if you check this way, um, that's something that. Uh, and so, and yeah. so, and so exactly, and so that's where, like, you know, in modern game design, you just don't you just don't need like a life system anymore really because there's so much game like you're guaranteed to like be able to spend like five, 10 hours on a major triple a release, you know, at least on a triple a release. They're just, they're going to build that time in. So you you don't have to worry about, you know, how many, you know, how many, how quickly they're going to beat it. It's going to take them a long time to beat it. Mm -hmm. Uh, 
you know, just for, on that first playthrough. And then you've got all the secrets and extra stuff and bonus and, you know, and, and other things, unlockables. And, you know, it's like with, with Animal Crossing, uh, I have been playing with my partner and, um, you know, we long ago got past, got, got to credits at Animal Crossing. But when we play, I still find things that are interesting to do, you know, for, for myself. You know, it's like, oh, okay, I can try to, I can go to the shop and see if there's a new KK Slider album that I don't own. And so, you know, I can play that new album. I can add a, uh, you know, another thing to my a story to my house and I can decorate that, you know. There's all this like just extra stuff you can do. So even though, you know, it was a fun journey to get to credits, like, oh, if I'm still playing, you know, there's there's still more to do. So uh, Animal yeah. Crossing, I spent some time with, but honestly, at a certain point, it was like Ashlyn, uh, my partner was re- she was just so she was so into it at, that I was just like, you should just it's like I like essentially like just relinquished. I, I would check in and stuff, but it was like, this is your right, go nuts. You want to like sort of design the whole aspect of it. And like she was very dedicated about getting all cat neighbors um, <laughs> and stuff, which I did mostly jokingly point out felt like gentrification in animal crossing to me to insist <laughs> that it has to be all cats. It's like uh-huh. cute, but also a little problematic. So I canceled my wife about that. And, <laughs> and uh, uh, so I think that's probably where I went to, to uh, yeah, it was the, it was three all-stars and, the lockdown and uh, Animal Crossing a bit of just, you know, being reminded of uh, that kind of, um, you know, it's just anytime there's a Nintendo release, it's always kind of, uh, it's always kind of a something. Um, oh, yeah. I, could, yeah. I keep finding myself going back even like to, you know, mostly I play, I'm playing Rocket League, trying to get a little bit back into Fortnite for the social aspect since uh, it seems like a bunch of friends have gotten into Fortnite again and Rocket League, which is how I'm now staying in touch with my brothers, which is pretty cool. Uh, there's definitely like some, and my brother-in-law, there's definitely like varying levels of uh, play. That's another one that's very uh, addicting and rewarding and uh, sports games. Those those are like a lost art. Rock, Rocket League is like the old, most... <clears throat> You know, it just, uh, you know, there's there's only one type of football game, which is Madden. Right. That license has been lost for a uh, decade uh, and a half, almost two decades now in uh, 2024. So there would have been 20 years of just exclusive Madden. So, anyway, you ever play any Rocket League? Is this, where, is this where my question is landing? Is you ever I, don't, I don't. I don't really play games socially, which I know is weird, and it's a sort of against trend. Um, I I really think of games playing a game is not dissimilarly to the way I think of like reading a book. It's like I am re- I am in this now. You know, it. This is an experience that I am having. You're engaging with the, with the designer, which is why designer. you're gonna love Mario Odyssey so so much. The 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 true yes. Mario Odyssey, which is right. uh, I, okay. And in fact, here's my like recommendation, comma, like this is the way in to you and to anybody who I think most people have beaten this. The story of Mario Odyssey have played it. It's on the shelf or on the digital shelf. 
yeah. just go back and just make it your mission to get all the purple coins. Just do a little hunting around. And then from there, see if you're not so fallen in love with the game again and, and revisiting the kingdoms and reappreciating all of the craftsmanship and all of the different, it's a, you know, it's a game that's fundamentally about empathy. Um, I mean, that's kind of clear. I think in the story, by the time you, by the time you like take over Bowser and it's like truly living in walking a mile in, you know, the, the, the sharp claw teeth shoes of your enemy. Right. Um, it's an interesting question. It's, but that's an interesting point about it being about it. There's a lot of um, empathy. I I don't know. I mean, but on the other hand, you could argue. I mean, he's. It's sort of a. It's it's sort of a takeover. It's less like I mean, you are walking a mile in their shoes, but you're not walking a mile in their shoes to further their lives <laughs> and sure. experiences. You're doing it to get Mario to like that's where true. where he needs to go. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true. It's on, yeah. From another side, it's like American Psycho. It's it's yeah. It's, yeah I. Listen, I I love the game. I do I, like I found that aspect of it to be very strange as a play dynamic. I love it because uh, it almost has like a WarioWare quality to it, where it's like the game changes like so rapidly between characters that it's like, oh, this is this is uh, this is a lot of fun. I, I I you know you don't get bored easily. It's it's almost like instead of the game having three power suits or whatever the right. game has like hundreds of power suits <laughs> like exactly. oh dinosaur power suit goomba power suit that's you know um, and in, in the in the full scope of it i think each one gets like used like a perfect amount of just like a little bit but it it, it, it you know each one has is pretty limited and straightforward but there's you know there's um there's a number of t-rex specific moons to get um and same with all the other transformations uh yeah, there's just a lot to it. There's just a, it's a it's 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 quite wide. It's very very wide and expansive and very deep. I mean, I but I think they've always been you know the the Mario games very very ambitious, right? Like the original one too is yeah. half the amount of levels that they wanted. They wanted to just sort of keep uh, going with it, which is why the Japanese lost Mario level. two is the lost levels is. Uh, I mean, that's they were just making those. Um, and Aizuka, I think, was the. Uh, uh it's it's fun too how it's like the same team you know it's the same like core handful of people uh still making mario games it's Um, it's an incredible accomplishment to keep a long-running series of any kind uh creatively fresh uh mario is the the one of the few examples of a of of a of a property that like really rarely dips in quality in in any respect. I mean, yeah, of course, you know, you can look at like Hotel Mario or something, you know, there are like, but if you're looking at like what we would consider like the core Mario games, even like Mario games, like released by Nintendo, like Mm -hmm. themselves, like there's very little, I would say dip in quality. Even the worst Nintendo Mario game is like, you generally like really good yeah Um, and so amazing to be able to keep that level of i mean you look comparatively at something like we'll say star wars right Mm -hmm. which has been around an approximately similar number of years to the mario franchise and like you know 
uh, everybody is going to argue that X Star Wars movie is bad. You know, there's always somebody always has at least a couple of Star Wars movies that they would claim to be bad. Whereas, like, I'm not sure that like anybody says like any mainstream Mario game is like bad. You know, nothing. Yeah, the worst it gets is maybe uninspired or odd or average, and that's kind of we're just talking about Mario Sunshine at that point. Which to me, I, I I forget where I first came across this theory but then it really bears i I, and i wonder how likely you would think this would be uh but i think mario sunshine was made by sega and sonic team it plays exactly it plays so much like the sonic adventure games the dialogue and the story of it there's a lot of odd you know and there was that was also the time that sega was getting out of the console business and had uh some kind of like uh you know Sega exclusive agreement with GameCube, uh, right. the Sonic titles, I think for a period of time or something like that. I wonder if on a crunch they were, I don't think so. I mean, there's nothing really to support that. It's other than how it plays other right. than other than the fact that it does not play with the kind of, uh, polish and not only in the execution, but also just in the concept, like, uh, usually the concept is pretty well formed and that one's it's a little, little loosey goosey. I uh, think you even the cap one is as sort of bizarre as it is, makes a ton of sense. Like in game of, just, it's just a strange thing that these cap people can do. Cappy, Cappy, this, Cappy. this, this, this is my voice for is just Cappy. We're gonna, we gotta go over that hill. Cappy. I like that. Ca- uh, oh, okay. Wait, Cappy. I thought that was Cappy for a minute. That sounds like you're doing like Mario, like yeah, that's the Mario Mario with his cap with yeah, his. <laughs> My head cannon with Mario is that he must be a kid in a fake mustache if that's his real voice, or you know, in my sort of mind, it, he does have still kind of that like Captain Lou voice of a. Of it, a he, I was very upset when Nintendo said that Mario was no longer a plumber. To me, Mario is Captain Lou Albano, basically. Uh, And I understand that, like, he looks a lot different now than he, you know, than he, than he would have, you know, back in the day. But my thought is, well, he's been in, like, a magical land. Like, what are the properties of that? Like, in the way that, like, oh, if you're in space for a really long time, like, your bones get brittle or like we don't know what happens to like a human who stays in the mushroom kingdom forever like what's their gravity like you know what's the what's the what's the enchantment in the air how does that affect someone's health so my my thinking is that he was basically like bob hoskins lou obano when he first got there and like over time like just the atmosphere of the mushroom kingdom has like turned him into like a baby man. <laughs> That's my theory. That's really good. That's a really good fan theory. I like that, that yeah, you just sort of adapt to your surroundings, which is true of Mario. That's right. what he does with the caps and the different outfits and the capes as he adapts. I still think it's a, it is. And yeah, he's, he's a plumber among many other things. And I, and, and, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's 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 almost odd how relatively lonely he is in the space of being the like kind of blue collar hero 
which I, which to me as a kid also felt like Ghostbusters just because they had the uniforms that sort of looked like uh, garbage man uniforms, even though they're scientists. Right. Uh, but the, I love that, you know, uh, you know, there's just the thing of, uh, I, I like Nintendo's view of Mario as a character. It's going to be interesting how they try to translate it in, into the, the movie that they're working on with Illumination. I'm fascinated Because be him speaking any sentences in that voice seems just insane and, and not sustainable. Uh, as much as we love the Yahoo for the the game, it just seems like how would he would he really talk like this the whole time? Would he say ravioli for every he he Yahoo? No, I don't. He's gonna there there gonna be this will be it will be very interesting because like Nintendo became very strict with their licenses. They're they're gonna be very strict in terms of how Mario is portrayed in that movie because they gave. Uh, lenience to uh, the American team who made the original live action movie, and look where that got them. Uh, you know what's really good in terms of Mario story is the manga. Or I, uh, yeah, I've I've heard that. I haven't actually read it, but I have heard that the, the I used fight. to read the Heart I used fight. to read I used to read the old Valiant comics. That's where I mm. would get. I, I used to love those, the Mario ones in uh, Nintendo Power. Uh... Uh, no, these were separate. Though uh, Nint- Nintendo Power did also have those uh, NES comics. Those were always those were always fun. But oh, yeah. uh, I, I definitely read Nintendo Power. But I also, yeah, Valiant had the the license to Nintendo, so they did a uh, comic books of Mario. Uh, I think they did. Did they do Legend of Zelda? I'm trying to remember. They did Captain N for sure. I think it was I think it was like Mario and then it was like a Captain N book like featuring Zelda comics is I mm. think how it worked. That's cool. Um yeah, they would do it was uh they would do like funny you know they'd have like funny stories and you know all the the kinds of things that you would see in the American cartoon, you know. The uh, manga I wish uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll send it to you in the mail. It's hard to track down because it's only available in print, can't have it on digital. Mm-hmm. And it uh we'll see if we'll see if uh if you take the mario odyssey recommendation we'll talk about it more also uh i mean i'm yeah i'm gonna play first of all i'm gonna play your games hard or not when it comes out next month uh cool, thank you and, Appreciate that. and, and re- listen folks uh i'll do a little i'll do a little plug here check yeah, out, check this out. Plug. This you know if uh if fallen legion revenants is is too difficult um you could always play adventure snack which uh, which is a game? Uh, it's a game newsletter that I write. It's they're like choose your path adventure games, uh, but I send them to you via email, and they're short. You could play them on a lunch break, and basically, yeah, that's the the idea. It's just like you get one important decision that you have to make, and uh, and so and and you're there's all these different. I incorporate a lot of weird and interesting mechanics like. Oh, you can choose this if you're you take out your credit card if like the last digit is odd or even that affects what you can do in the game. Uh, so just like yeah, I, I do them great. twice twice a month. But, oh, thank you, Dad. Thanks so much. Yeah, I, they're so fun. They're such a such a lovely uh, uh, lovely little. Uh, not a surprise because they come out reliably and regularly, but it's always such a nice treat. Nice treat to uh, open up the old digital inbox and see oh oh we got an adventure snack today like mario it's great really do it yeah how do adventure snack.com is that yeah that's it adventure snack.com they can sign up you make it so easy adventure snack 
adventuresnack.com. Start there. Start with adventuresnack.com and then also doing Fallen Legion. Yep. Revenant. Fallen Legion. Is that yeah, right? Reven- Revenants. Yeah. Revenants. Yeah. Uh, and that comes that comes out next month. That's that's very exciting. So you could think it's like really literally just about one month. Uh and uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be available on uh, Switch and PlayStation. And you may be able to pre-order it. It seems like the kind of thing that you that one could do in theory. Let me see. Oh yeah, you can definitely pre-order. I'm on the website right now. Yes, you can pre-order it, and you can get a version that has like an art book and posters and stuff like that. So they, it's like a there's like a deluxe like fan like super fancy edition of it. Um, and uh, I I get one because I I worked on it so I'm excited to get it. I haven't gotten it yet though uh, but I'm I'm waiting for it so anyway yeah well, once this podcast becomes huge they'll send me it for free but I'm gonna buy it with my own money probably in the meantime um, but uh, yeah it's been it feels like a wrap up time that was a good plug uh, oh thank you very much thanks Appreciate for it. yeah thank you for uh, having a conversation with me today Jeffrey. Of course, it's, uh, listen, we're all very, there's a lot of things stressing us out right now in our personal lives and that world out there. It's nice to be able to sit down for an hour with a friend and and just shoot the shit. So I appreciate you having me on, Grant. Thank you. It's nice to, it's good, it's good bullshit. And I think we're going to put this out unedited. I think we covered uh, family mysteries and video games or arguably designing games and what we like in games. There's a couple little conversations in there. We'll figure out what to call it. Uh, but you feel good about putting it out, right? Absolutely. Go nuts. Right. Get All it right. out there. The guest has consented. And uh, with that, let's... Oh, wait, 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 wait. I get to guess. I get to guess your first name. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, right. Oh, I'm so I'm so sorry. I almost forgot. Yeah, what is the A in A, Grant Barty? I'm going to go... I'm going to go Common. I'm going to guess Aaron. It is not Aaron. It's not Aaron. All right. Fair Wikipedia, it is not Aaron. Fair guess. You'll get another guess next time you're on, which, by the way, let's talk again in a couple weeks. or, so, or I don't know. However, however often we, we would normally talk in a couple weeks. Let's do this again. If you want to do it, I don't care. Plug everything. The game will be out. We'll just talk about whatever's going on. That'd be great. I'd love it. All right, Jeffrey, thank you so much. I'm putting you on mute so we can wrap up this podcast. Uh, the music is provided uh, by the band Talk Time. That was Year of Self at the beginning. We're going to Year of Self on the way out here. This has been a grand party. Please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. Talk Time.
meow, 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 meow. 